right. Good evening, Matt Awkward. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Hey, that's excellent. Hey, I'm Tristan, and as I've said, that was Matt Awkward, and this is the Funbox Monster Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, This is a podcast where we talk about some movies. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) And uh, and let me tell you, I've been on vacation, and uh, I'm just like a cool breeze. Uh, My my brain is completely clear and clean and awesome. not working at all. No, no, it's back <laughs> It's back to working is really what's going on. Oh, that's on. what happened. It's <sighs> great. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, uh, Psycho 2 is the movie that we're doing tonight. Yes, because we got on a tangent about <laughs> Dennis Franz's re-rend last time, and it's, it somehow brought us into this. It's uh, really funny that it was also that we were talking about Psycho Cop 2. Yep. And then we talked about Dennis Franz, <laughs> and then we said, well, Dennis Franz was in Psycho 2, and then we're like, well, that just makes sense that we have to do Psycho 2 after that. Um, it's it's a complex series of thoughts that led us here to a wonderful place. I love this movie. Oh, same. This is, uh, this is a, like, I think it's close to a masterpiece almost with some, there's some very minor exceptions. Yeah. I I got I, a couple questions. But. Oh, of course there there yeah. there's a ton of questions and there's like and of course not to skip to the end, but it is my favorite ending of any movie in the history of movies. Oh yeah, you just love that shovel bonk. It's <laughs> the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in bonk. It is <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't not laugh at it. They said <laughs> I mean, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to why it's so funny, but it's great. Okay. Um but I know it wouldn't have existed without Psycho, but I'm sa- but I still feel like this movie. A lot of people like this a lot better. I think. That, well, I mean, it's apples and oranges as yeah. far as I'm concerned. But uh, I think this movie would be a classic if Psycho never existed. Mm-hmm. I think that if this this type of plot and this done the way that it was, yep. I think this movie would have been much more uh, well well received. Were it not for that, I think. Just the fact that it's like, oh, you know, this, you're desecrating. A, like, yeah. film nerds love to be like, oh, a sequel is spitting on the grave of Hitchcock or whatever. And yep. it's like, come on, it's man. Just a redundant cash, cash blah, grab. Blah, blah, blah. But it's not. Obviously, yeah. if you put the two movies together on a double bill, mm-hmm. it would seem herky-jerky. You know, you'd be like, that. this doesn't work at all. <laughs> like, So they're not the same movie. They're yeah. clearly not even in the same realm. Um, and I think that especially for being a TV director, I think he did an absolute killer job with this movie. Uh, it was directed by Richard Franklin, who was like, he did a bunch of TV crap, but he also did, uh, uh, what was that? Cloak and Dagger, which was a oh, movie okay. I love, the Dabney Coleman yet. movie with the kid from I know it, but I've never watched it yet. Holy shit. I saw that like a jillion times on HBO when I was a kid. And it's also written by Tom Holland. Uh, he's got some things Hell under his belt. yeah. <laughs> of, of Fright Night fame mm-hmm. at, at the very least. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's got... It's got a great, it's got a great cast. It's, it's got, uh, Dean Cundy's doing photography. There's so much good stuff. Yeah, so much good stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and Perkins brings it hard. <laughs> uh, some people say he's better in this than he was in Psycho. Mm-hmm. I think that is true. Um, yeah. I think his performance is. Oh, he's had twenty more, twenty-two I mean, <laughs> more years to code his craft here. I would hope he's. I I would hope that he hasn't been thinking about redoing it this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I, like it hasn't been on the tip of his tongue. I would feel like he's probably been trying to avoid 
repeating his psycho performance yeah. <laughs> this entire time, trying to distance himself. Oh, he was, as a, much he as was a big victim of typecasting, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, yeah. because. Which is odd, though, because I was I was just thinking about it, and I was like, he is a type of, like, he has a type of look from the 70s that was really, like, you put him next to, like, Leonard Nimoy, and you're like, which one's which? <laughs> it's like Leonard Nimoy, uh, Carl Sagan, like, all these, like, tall, nerdy dudes, like, they all kind of look alike. They're all, you know, they're all wearing those, like, weird suits with the, like, brown... <laughs> brown blazers <laughs> with a clev- 70s nerd clone factory yeah <laughs> the island for for 70s mm-hmm. nerds um yeah but it's great um oh that's right he also directed that movie patrick i never saw that it was boring as hell that's but i bad. think i think it has like a, a cachet because it was done on a shoestring and it's like look at what he can do with nothing what if we gave him a budget and this shows what happens yeah why didn't he have a bigger fucking career? I think he died very early. Oh, is that true? I think that might be true. Oh, that's too bad. And okay. if he's still alive, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I, I'm really bad at doing research. That's great. That's great. Let's just see. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're the first fucking podcast to get every fact wrong. Right. Uh, I've listened to enough podcasts to know that half of them get half the facts wrong all the time. And so I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Considering we get about 20% of our facts wrong. <laughs> uh, especially me. I, I don't know. I'm very bad at math. <laughs> I'm and also, facts. I'm also terrible at math. Uh, okay. So probably the weakest choice in this whole movie. So dumb. Is the beginning. So we're starting out. Um, we get a cold open that's basically, that's not even a recap of the first movie. It's not even it's like just a selected scene. scenes. It's the famous scene that literally everyone knows. So it's like, why? Why would you? It's almost like, hey, you remember how cool this was? Like, yeah, yes, I do remember. That's why I don't why need to watch here. it again. Yeah, that's why we're, everybody <laughs> is here because they know the famous scene from yep. Psycho. You're not telling us anything we don't know already. That yep. insane. So that part bums me out, and I'm sure the studio was like, "No, you have to put the shower scene from the original in it, or else blah." blah it was blah. a it was a thing of contention with a lot of critics too. A lot of people railed on this intro because I mean, it's stupid. Because it's stupid. But I mean, I'm sure that they railed on it for dumb film critic reasons, yep. where they're like, "Man," or if you start your you sequels shouldn't. out like Friday the Thirteenth movies, you know what I mean? Like you recap how. The person died at the end, and yeah. they're kind of come back, or or recap, sure. recap, like why would you just start with the house and, and hearing Norman go, "Mother, what did you do?" Like, <laughs> and then we go to the courtroom. That's all you needed. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That way we know, you know what happened. Yeah, no, nobody knows what happened. Nobody needs to thing. watch. Yeah, yeah. Nobody watch, needs to watch a scene from the first half hour in the middle of the freaking first movie. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that literally that's how that beginning should have been. It should have been Psycho Two. Hits the screen. Yep. And then he says the line, the mother, oh mother, blood. Yeah. And then, bam, we're into our movie. Exactly. That's all we needed. It would have been fucking sweet. But unfortunately, definitely is a point deduction as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, there it goes. So, uh, as the titles vanish, we go into Norman Bates in a courtroom being declared restored to <laughs> sanity, which is such a, like, Simpsons thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, well, you're, like, put a big red stamp that says sane <laughs> on his forehead. Like, restored to sanity. Perfect. Um, and the mother of one of the victims is not pleased that he's about to be released into the world, and she throws a crazy fit. That is... 
Uh, Vera Miles, the sister of the dead shower girl, uh, playing Lila Loomis. This, yes, the sister of Marion Crane, who was killed in the shower in the first movie. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe she played this exact same role in Psycho. I think that yes. she... Oh, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, Okay, yeah. so she's she's repeating her role from yes. Psycho. Um, okay. Uh, do, do, do. She shakes hands with... Oh, uh, he shakes hands with Robert Loja on the way out the door. <laughs> Robert Loja. I, <laughs> I love it because Robert Loja can't be in any movie where he's anything but just actor Robert Loja. It's <laughs> like... Oh, wow, the set had a visit from actor Robert yeah. Loja. Hi, how's it going? I'm Robert Loja. I'm going to be pretending to be the, uh, I don't know, you're a psychiatrist. Whatever. Hey, I'm, I'm Robert, Robert Loja. Loja. <laughs> he, uh, family Guy's ruined him for me. Like I just can't watch him without thinking of that Family Guy, Robert Loja at the airport bit. Look that, it up if you haven't seen it. That's funny because uh, for me, it I wouldn't was... say he's ruined him for me. I love the guy. But well, it's just I, like, yeah, whenever same. I see him, I instantly think of like a uh, Gregory Peck. Family guys do that to me too with a, the car full of Gregory Peck and his kids. <laughs> it's really funny because what really ruined Robert Loja for me was his Minute Maid orange juice spot where the kid was like, I'm not going to drink orange juice. What if uh, actor Robert Loja told you to? Hey, kid, drink orange juice. Wow, Robert Loja. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That was a thing? It was a real thing. Oh, I want to look that up. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was a brilliant commercial. Uh <laughs> I loved it. Uh, anyway, but yes, uh, Robert Loja shows up. He is the psychiatrist. He's going to be following him around. Uh, he is one of three people in this movie who are so comedically blind to Norman Bates's increasing insanity and any red flags that he puts up. Every time like Norman will be like, I saw my mother in the window. <laughs> Your mother? No, what you saw was just somebody <laughs> cleaning the drapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Uh, but not like that. You're not that crazy anymore. Uh, I mean, uh, I should really be looking into this since you just <laughs> even said that. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Just bad, bad, bad. How's the job like, of the diner going, <laughs> son? <laughs> I'm. I like the cutting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That oh, you're yeah, cutting some... veggies is fun. I mean, you're not thinking about murder. That'd be preposterous. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, you're just cutting head after head of lettuce. <laughs> but not cutting real heads, because that, <laughs> no, that's no, just no. silly. No, no. Uh, okay, so, all right. So, so this 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 part is. I mean, okay. It's kind of the plot. You gotta you gotta yeah, take yeah. it. You take it with a grain of salt, but like. Really, they still have his house after 22 years. It's upkept. The yeah, hotel's yeah, yeah. still running. This they, is they... all insane. Uh, okay, so sure, this is this is bonkers. The idea that they left his left his property in trust and like they hired they... Dennis Franz. <laughs> Dennis Franz says the hospital hired me. Like the hospital hired somebody to run his hotel while he's in the bunny farm for 22 Amazing. years. Like, are you kidding me? Movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into a diatribe or anything, but like. This is another another one of those movies that's like, oh, liberal systems letting all the criminals out onto the streets, and it's like, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's like, Ugh. that part kind of bums me out, but it, whatever. Sorry, we had budget cuts. We spent all the money upkeeping your hotel in the house over all of these years. I mean, you would imagine that it turned a profit. Where did I mean, the money come from? I mean, they were selling drugs. The they're selling amyl nitrate poppers. You know, they're like, they're making money somewhere. They're renting out the basement to high school kids. <laughs> yes, of his house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Yes. 
but I also think one of the second most unbelievable part of this, there are two things that you have to accept here. Mm -hmm. And one of them that goes through this whole movie that is the only thing that bounces around in my head is there's no media circus around this. There's a guy in a small town who has killed seven people in an outrageous way. Oh, and not like one reporter shows up ever. Yeah, they're they, like... They do mention in the beginning of the eh, courtroom or where they're just like, let's, sure. let's go out the back. Right. Of, yeah, but that's sure. it. Yeah. But it's not a bunch of reporters nobody's hanging around do, his house. Yeah, nobody's going to do a follow-up. No, it's insane. This is... Maybe they don't know what his the, house looks like and they just don't know how to find it. <laughs> he took the numbers off the house. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> he's just... It's but just, just like getting a pay and spray in Grand Theft. <laughs> we put new numbers on the house. Cops can't recognize it now. He's... <laughs> He's basically Jeffrey Dahmer. He's like the Jeffrey Dahmer of the 60s. Oh, yeah. And people are like, oh, hey, don't I recognize you from somewhere? Norman Bates. <laughs> it's like it's like having Ted Bundy in your neighborhood and being like, oh, hey, he's making me a sandwich. That's great. <laughs> but OK, so uh, let's see. Uh, I never even thought of that. But yeah, totally valid point. Very strange. But there's also like. There is a converse point as well to the like the crazy like over the top uh, you know liberal courts message that they're putting mm -hmm. out there, which is that the lady who comes into the bursts into the courtroom and is like, "You're releasing a guy that killed seven people," and she's like painted as a total Karen. <laughs> they're yeah. just like, "Oh God, her with the seven people again." It was Get 22 over Twenty-two years Jeez. ago. Move on, lady. Ugh, we've all forgotten about that. I've got a petition. Yeah, courts don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Uh, all the names you want. Robert Loja yeah. wants him on the street. What are you going to do? Say no to Robert Loja? <laughs> Probably back, rip your throat out. Go back to hanging <laughs> out and getting signatures at Walmart for your ding-dings. Let's see. So, okay. So, Loja brings Norman back to his hotel. Of course, you know, scene of the crime always helps your recovery, all that. Uh, Norman <laughs> sees something in the window that's, like I said... Here's, here's another problem I have, like... <laughs> You know how people, it's the same critique that people have with uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, where it's just like, Jack was like normal and then went boop. Right. <laughs> like, this guy just got released and he's supposed to be cured, but like the second he gets back to his house, he's like, I just saw something. And then he goes upstairs and he has that vision in the door and it's just like, fuck man, you weren't home for more than five minutes before you just went <laughs> nutter, nutter butters again. He, okay, so <laughs> I, I will, I will uh, argue a bit against that because... I think that was supposed to be just a flashback. I think that was just supposed to be him having memories of the space when he goes up to the okay. thing. Uh, because, and, and the person in the window was the uh, shovel bonk. Right. It could have been either shovel bonk. Yeah, it was probably shovel bonk. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it was his real mother. So at the end, we're going to spoil. Obviously, if you haven't it, seen yeah, this movie. Yeah, why would you be listening? You shouldn't. Yeah, you should watch the movie first. But either way. Um, and come so, check out our new funk band called Shovel Bonk. <laughs> shovel Bonk. So good. Um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love, speak, like, as far as, like, set d design goes, mm -hmm. whew, his bag of groceries was just, like, I don't know. It's just so perfect. It's nothing but dry goods. It's so Norman Bates. Oh, okay. Where he's just, I know like, where you're going with that. All he, does, I really notice. all he does is eat fucking like evaporated cheese milk. sandwiches <laughs> and, like, you know, of course he doesn't have milk there or whatever. It's, like... Just a box full of, like, cereal and uh, he, crackers. I don't know how. His sandwich game is whack, dude. Did you see how tiny that sandwich was that he was going to share? It looked. Like, it didn't even look like a sandwich. It looked like two bread. It was. 
It it is a toasted cheese sandwich, which is. What do you have? Like one American slice, like yep. covered with bread all around. Yep. Like you couldn't that see is, anything. That that's is it. it. That's it. Okay. That's another. It's an under another indicator that he's psycho. Come oh, on. Yeah. That's it's his choice. I of guess you'd have to be psycho to even like think about splitting that with somebody. Like, but he was. Yeah. But then he doesn't even split it with. Somebody. Yeah, he's a nutter. No, he's okay. So, I we we learn later on in in a personal revelation that he relates toasted cheese sandwiches to his mother, and that the smell of them, and eventually he says to the hot girl that she smells like toasted cheese sandwiches. Which is great. That is probably one of the funniest lines in the whole movie at a moment that is supposed to be very uh, serious. Yeah. So You smell nice. Like toasted cheese sandwiches. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- whatever. It's good. It's. I mean, it, it connects all together. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Okay, so next, uh, we we get to see the interior of the house. It's been untouched since the murders. Classic old-timey movie, sheets over all the stuff to keep the dust off the couch and whatever else. Um, gross old wallpaper. Uh, phone hasn't been turned on, and it's one of those like old 50s phones, and it's, it's great. Uh, just set decoration is perfect. Yep. Um, there's a note from Norman's mom underneath the phone and he hears her voice coming from upstairs and she's all worked up because he poisoned her or some crap. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's something that old people bitch about. <laughs> Who cares? Then she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, she was saying that's just a flashback, not like a, yes, a mental yeah, breakdown. I, okay. I think that's a flashback. I think he's just remembering that. Okay, he's, that makes sense. I mean, he's seeing himself as a child. Yep. He's, he uh, sees his kid, Oz, which yep. is great, um, because it's like, oh, it looks just like me as a kid. That looks nothing like you. And that's your kid. <laughs> that's weird. Um, okay, uh, so he has a spaz. He drops his luggage down the stairs, and everything spills everywhere. And then we cut to Norman getting into his first day on the new job, <laughs> which, of course, brings me to the question of why does a guy that owns a motel need a job at a diner? Right? Uh, or unless it's like a social program to like okay. help him get acclimated to society so, again. So here's the issue. That was, I mean, it's a problem, but it's not a real problem. It's just, so when he quits his job, he's allowed to quit his job. He's like, oh, I just thought that I'd do better here. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you know, hey, you know, I did my four days or whatever, and now I think I'm done. You know, or the court only ordered me to do a week of work or something like that so that we'd know why the hell he had that job in the first place. Yep. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense. If he's just allowed to just walk the fuck off, it's not really a... Yeah. yeah I don't get it. Anyway, <laughs> but Norman gets introduced to his, like, barf-style, uh, stereotypical line cook boss. Uh, and uh, behind him, uh, the most important character of the movie, Meg Tilly, uh, playing Mary... She's having some sort of breakup drama on the phone very publicly behind him, which we learn later is on purpose. So, uh, so that's all ruse. Like, yeah, yeah. I does mean, she say she's married at the end. No, I don't think so. I, I couldn't make that out. Sounded no, like I don't think that. so. But she, uh, she does. Um, I mean, it. All of this stuff, like almost every, the only reason she's in town, we learn later, they drop a, a little thing where it's like, where she says, uh, 
you know, I've dropped all these plates, blah, blah, blah. I've dropped so many plates. I've only been there four days. Yeah. Because she got the job just because she knew that he was going to be there, you know. So so she she took the job. She should stop her. dropping plates because she's going to blow this plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane. I mean, she's I've only a- been here four days and I've broken dozens of plates. What? (laughs) You're talking literal? And then Norman's like, why don't you come stay at my place? Don't touch my plates. (laughs) The place is going to explode. Yeah, she is a danger to herself and others. Uh, So, okay. Norman settles in pretty quick as a line chef. Oh, there's there's the scene where she drops the, the pie plate and Norman covers for her. That's where we get the line about, I've dropped so many (laughs) fucking plates, whatever. Uh, Okay, so uh, we cut to late at night. They're done their shift, and Meg is outside, or uh, Mary is outside on on a payphone having another dramatic breakup call right in front of him. She can't go back to her apartment because her boyfriend said so. Sure. Yeah. That was it. Um, and hope, so, hope you're fine with that. Hey, wait. Doesn't Norman own a motel nearby? Yes. He's just going to he's gonna comp her a room. F-O-C. F-O-C. That's industry talk for free of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> it's, that's great. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> what, F-O-C? F-O-C, yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. In my line of work, it stands for Final Order Cutoff for Ordering Comic Books, yeah. which is a whole other story. Um, oh, you work at a comic shop? I do. I work at Coast City Comics, your home for comics and coast cities. Oh, do they have a website? They do. www.coastcitycomics.com. You should go there and buy things. Thank Sweet. you so much. That is the whole ad, and I will go back to the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, that's right. Uh, there's this absolutely fucking beautiful shot of uh, Mary and Norman walking with the oncoming storm behind yeah. them. It's like, ooh, the storm's about to break. It's a metaphor. This is crazy. Um, the rain starts, and they arrive at the hotel. Uh, Norman's like, I'm going to get you a motel room. And he reaches for room one, and he's like, too many bad memories for room one. How about room seven? We'll grab that one. I'll go check and see what's going on over there. This part is a little odd. Where he's like, you stay here. I'm just going to go check to make sure the bed sheets are fine. Like, she can't come look at the bed sheets with you? Like, I mean, why would you just leave her here to by herself? To be fair, the- it turns out that the room was littered with amyl nitrate poppers and, yeah. like, fucking. <laughs> but he didn't know that. No, he did not. So, like, why would you just be like, uh... walk with me? No, you sit here in this creepy ass <laughs> office where somebody's probably going to come back soon. They yeah, just- yeah. It's, I mean, it's so that this scene could unfold this yep. way. Um, so. He takes off, and then we get introduced to Toomey, Toomey the sleazebag manager. He's he's, uh, he's what you might call a dirtbag. Yeah, he's, like uh, my friend's butt. He's like uh, a real a real stereotype. He's like... He His could, only character trait is bad. <laughs> when he shows up at the fucking diner later on, oh my god. Like drunk at eight in the morning. He's drunk at eight in the morning. He's like... Just like he's been like, covered in Vaseline. He's so greasy. He's got a cigarette dangling from his lip, and then he starts scratching his belly. And I'm surprised he didn't belch before walking in. It's just like... We get it. We get it. He's not a character that we're supposed to fall in love with. I understand. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's see. Uh, so... 
So here's here's again. So he gets back yeah. and he's pissed off because he found all the drugs and people are using this hotel as a party party hut. And uh, so he meets Toomey and then he tells the girl, he tells um, Mary, yeah. go wait up in the house for me. The door's open. It's pouring fucking sure. buckets. Like, sure. Sh- it's a, go up to that creepy haunted house and just yeah, wait yeah. for me. Like, well, why I don't mean, just like wait outside for a sec? I want to have to talk to Toomey alone. Like, it's so bizarre. And this is another one of those moments that didn't need to be there where we, we already see because it's almost like it was written for someone who doesn't act as well as, as uh, you know, as Perkins is, is mm-hmm. acting. And so it's like they're basically he he does that like go and wait up there just do what I say where he gets angry and like sounds violent and it's like mm-hmm. you didn't need to do that yeah like that we already know that there's that undercurrent he's killed seven people yeah. it's already there we already know that if he starts to get unhinged bad shit's gonna happen yep. you don't need to like it felt like an like they overplayed their hand yeah. um, but I just think it's odd for him to send her up by herself to a house she's never been to before sure. especially when that looks like that of a gigantic staircase in the pouring rain <laughs> again instead of just stand under here in this awning and just wait for me a second <laughs> right uh yes and she is she is our audience surrogate because she's supposed to be like at this point she's the only sane person that we kind of yep. like in this movie and so we're we're experiencing the terror of being around norman through her mm-hmm. um and so all right dennis franz uh the meetup goes badly. His first meeting with his new manager. And he's like, Hey, uh, kids are doing drugs. Uh, this is what you might call an adult motel. Uh, you're, they're doing sex is what yeah. I hear the kids as a, say. As opposed to a kid's motel where all the kids go. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of those kids hotels. I had a fight with my mom. I need a room for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll be three peppermints and a candy necklace. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so, so yes, but he fires Dennis Franz after she leaves, and uh, and Toomey's mad. And this is great. This is like this is a wonderful uh, a wonderful tease to the audience where you're like you're waiting for Toomey to say the titular line, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "You're some kind of a wacko. Yeah. You're some kind of a loony. Loony. What a." <laughs> Nut job. You're a poor excuse for a person. <laughs> it's like, man, very funny. Like, yeah. clearly done intentionally and actually pretty great. Uh, okay, so Mary sits in the dark and we get a really great, like, she's a silhouette that looks kind of like Norman's mother from behind. And then he's like, why, why are you sitting in the dark alone? Click. <laughs> Turns on the light. She's like, oh, I was just posing here in the dark yeah. like a weirdo. For no reason. Um, and uh, she says some boring crap about this fake relationship that she's made up. And uh, whatever. She's she's going to call her boyfriend again, presumably, to be like, Hey, uh, I decided to stay with the most notorious serial killer of the night of the uh, 20th century. That's cool, right, babe? <laughs> uh, so uh, it's just me and him alone in the house that he did all the killings in. I hope that's cool. Yeah? All right. I'll yeah, see you later. Bye. <laughs> right oh of course i'm not gonna call you back. i'm gonna be dead i'm not gonna call you back what am i saying that's crazy um so norman makes mary one of his famous toasted cheese sandwiches with milk 
And he has seen that there's a knife in the drawer. And he's like, oh, I, I don't want to be near this well, butcher. Well, at first he like, kind of lies about it. He's right, because like, he's... I've been well, gone for a while. I don't have any... It's like, oh, they kept everything in the house here for 22 years, but they, they took all the knives away, I guess. Like, I mean, that knife in particular probably shouldn't be there because yeah. it... Was uh, it was in an evidence locker from a murder that happened twenty years ago? But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that's strange. But yes, essentially, the idea is that she's like, I'm not gonna let you. You know what we learn from this is this is all what we would glean later. She's basically saying, I'm not gonna allow you to not face the fact that you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Here, hold this knife, and Which- she's constantly putting herself in. Which is mortal peril. That's what I'm saying. Which is crazy. I understand their plan to drive him nuts, but like, yeah, you want to drive this guy nuts, but you want to do that because he's a murderer. So go spend the night at his murder house. Like, we just, and I mean, your mom was fine with this. Yeah, I mean, it's really her mom's idea. Yeah. but her mom. But the the basic thing is that we're learning that she's crazy too, and so the problem is that we're. The movie is a, it's like almost like an old dark house mystery in some mm-hmm. ways, where it's sort of just like it's it's a whodunit, and it's like what's going on? There's gaslighting, there's all this other stuff, and it's like it's cool, but we have to establish that the mother is also extremely deranged enough that she might do something yep. like this, and so you know, if we if we are to assume that that's that that's the case, then she's gonna do all sorts of crazy shit, so. That's kind of the deal. And apologies to everyone. I'm using crazy and wacky and all that stuff. It's it's fucking psycho. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't want to offend anyone, but it's the only way to do it. So, okay. Let's see. Um, where are we now? We are... We've fired Dennis Franz. We've got uh, Mary doing the second phone call, getting the toasted cheese sandwich. That's right. She refuses to eat it. She gets like... She gets nervous about eating the toasted cheese sandwich and is like I'm gonna leave I am go where well it's, she pretends that she has a, a girlfriend oh, she's gonna down, stay yeah. with or something like that but either way she's just like I gotta get the fuck out of here cause I'm gonna die mm-hmm. like he's trying to poison me blah 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 she clearly knows his history um, then why would she go there at the- <laughs> of course of course but she she's pretending again because one of the, the conceits that we have to hold on to is that nobody knows who Norman Bates is for some fucking reason. He's not this tiny little town had a massive serial killer who dressed like a woman, who dressed like his mother, spoke in her voice and <laughs> held her corpse. In a, like, And nobody was like, that was never a topic of conversation at any of the local diners or anything. I'm just wondering how everybody knows what his mother looked like because they seem to have like a a Norman's mother costume shop in town because everybody seems to get one near the end. I think in this world, the uh, the McFarlane monster series where they made the uh, the Norman Bates mom. I remember the toy. Yeah, I think I think they all had that early. So that's why it was at every store. And they're all big McFarlane fans. Um, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, sure it does. It's great. Um, let's see. What, where, blah, blah, blah. Man, I keep losing my place. I'm too relaxed from vacation, man. Yeah? I just can't. I can't be constrained by these fucking notes. You need to take some amyl nitrate and hang out with Franz and get 
crunk. Dude, if I had a couple poppers, I feel like I'd I'd be doing a little better right now. Um, so Norman, in order to <laughs> this is great. She's like, listen, I think I'm gonna leave, and he's like, you. <laughs> what if I told you that you... I needed you to stay? Yeah, that sounds like a that... like a. Like an overbearing boyfriend that you need would to get away not from. Help. No. <laughs> would not help. No, not help at all. And then he's like, "Okay, what if I told you that I poisoned my mother?" <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I heard that already." And she's like, "And that's it, right? That just just okay, the mother." What one. if I told you I was gonna kill myself if you don't stay with me tonight? <laughs> what if I told you is that I was okay? Going to kill is, is that gonna you work? You and yeah. seven other people. <laughs> um, it, yeah, but so it does work. It does work. She <laughs> somehow this. This thing works. Mary is a psych student, we find out later. And so I feel like part of part of her story and part of her like her secret story that we're not hearing mm-hmm. is that she's she's doing this because she's compelled to learn more about him. Oh, and sense. I think that's I think that's like the background to yeah. to why she would do such stupid things is because she's like this is a once in a million opportunity. This is the, you know, this is to the Charles Manson yep. of, you know, of this little yeah, town. It's, it's it's those Norman questionable things like that. Like <laughs> make, or later on when they, when she, the, ah, it's not going to be started on the bathroom eyeball peeper. That makes no sense. <laughs> but afterwards she's just like, Oh, there's somebody in the house. And like, should we go down and look for them? And Norman's like, no, it's, it's not safe. Well, wait, wait till morning. Like you're inside with lights and everything. What are you, what are you waiting for? So what are we going to do? We're gonna stay right here in this bedroom all night. I'm gonna stay awake. <laughs> well, because he believes that uh, that mom's gonna fucking murder somebody. Yeah. So whatever. All right. It's like when you're stuck in the woods overnight and you're like, well, let's wait till daybreak to go, because then you can actually see. But like, right. They didn't lose power. They have all no, the lights no. in the house. Like, go downstairs, dude. No, he's afraid that mom's gonna kill her. He knows that his mom wants to murder her for some reason. Okay, so. She does, she she stays, and uh, Mary continues with her gaslighting thing and decides to force him to go into the room where his mother died. She pokes him a bunch about his troubles from before, <laughs> and Norman's like, yeah, I'm, you can't stay in this room. Uh, you gotta stay in a different room. So, you know, whatever. She immediately changes clothes that second because she's so comfortable in this house. She's just like, <laughs> I'm so at ease by your total stable manner. This is great. Um, so uh, she does put a chair under the doorknob, though. So yeah, <laughs> she's not smart. 100%. That is pretty smart. And uh, Don't blame her. And <laughs> she's also reading the classic prison book, Belly of the Beast, which is kind of a fun little Easter egg. Yep. So clearly she's like trying to get into his mind and she wants to know about this kind of a crazy person. It's also, a, you know, points towards somebody who is specifically looking at, you know, getting into the mind of Norman. Um, okay. So, oh, this is next day. She says that she's moving in with a girlfriend and that's at work. She's like, uh, I found a new place and I'm going to move in with my girlfriend and it's going to be great and whatever. And he's like, oh, that's, uh, well, I still, I, there's always a room for you if you ever <laughs> <laughs> want one. Uh, and uh, he starts chopping heads of iceberg lettuce. We get Toomey coming in all greasy, looking really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just strange to me now that he didn't offer her Toomey's job. Like, the, she wanted him to stay so much. She'd be like, why don't you stay here and run the hotel with me? 
Well, because he can run the hotel and make the money now. Oh, okay. I think. I mean, I assume that's the deal. I don't think that's a job that you can just give to anybody. I think that Toomey went to, like, six years of college for that job. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Norman gets a note from his dead mother in the order spinner here. Which is neat. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, whoa! He smacks the the bucket of uh, of fries in the fryolator, splashes grease on his boss, who screams, and... He's like, ah, he runs out to look to see what's going on. And then Toomey's out there and he's like, oh, it was you who did it. So he immediately assumes that Toomey's the one that left the note <laughs> and that Toomey's trying to fuck with him. And and I like that the movie shows us a note on the spinner, like multiple orders before it gets to Norman. So it's like <laughs> telling us, like, it's not just him seeing things like, yeah, because he loses a note after nobody else can find it. Which would lead you to believe, like, oh, you just visualized yep. this, you made it up, but, like, no, you don't visualize something you don't see for three <laughs> right. or four orders. Yeah. And that's, and so what we later learn or assume from this is that Mary put it on there and then pulled it off. So, I mean, and. Or shovel bonk. Or is it Mary? No, it's Mary. This is, this this is, is still, all Mary? this is still part of her gaslighting plan with her Okay. Mom. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think all of I, all of the notes I believe are gaslighting plans from the mom and and her. I think. Who is calling Norman being his mom? Uh is it anybody because we never hear a voice on the other end of the phone but then they make it look like the mom says she didn't call but she would have no reason she to always say does. that. Yeah, yeah, but she did. So then we see her trying right, to make a phone call. Cuz we see her making the phone calls. Yeah. Uh it is her. But then we see that as soon as the phone goes dead, that Norman is crazy. That he's that Norman is literally talking, talking to, to nobody. Okay. That he's he's again talking about his mother, and he's making up the whole narrative. Yep. Especially at the end when he's like, "Why would you want me to kill her mother?" You know all that, and she's like, <laughs> "Zoinks!" <laughs> and runs. So off. that's not shovel bonk. That's nobody. That's nobody. That's nobody. I think that's nobody. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's. The whole thing, I mean, some of it's pretty vague, but I'm almost positive that that's, okay. that's the mom's calling each one of those times. Um, okay. When Norman tries to look for the note, it's gone. He's like, he tries to prove his innocence that he's not crazy by saying, I'm telling you, there was a note from my <laughs> dead mother. And he's like, oh, that <laughs> Oops. That's Let me probably, rephrase this. Uh, there was a note from my mother who died. Uh, ooh, crap, crap, crap. Ooh. Uh, yes, lots of <laughs> lots of pulling on the neck of his shirt and, and sweating. So it was pretty good. Um, back in his own kitchen, uh, Norman's drinking tea. Uh, we didn't point this out before, but he clearly has the poison tea still in the house. He somehow they left the tea that he poisoned his mother with. Uh, right up there and he just like he keeps kind of pushing it to the back like he's not throwing it away yeah he's not doing anything else with it he's it's just like, kind of just like, in case i go psycho you know, again who knows <laughs> i might want this if <laughs> if i go psycho uh so yeah it's which is <laughs> which is why the ending is so funny but okay mm. we'll get to that eventually um so mary comes in and she's like i'm moving in and he's like oh oh okay okay I, <laughs> 
and again we we realize that this is because she's talked to her mother again and her mother has done another convincing speech to be like hey you really need to do this he killed your father blah 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 all this shit um so uh what was the <laughs> there was something else really weird in here oh my god this is my favorite fucking line of the movie where she's like oh, you were so cool earlier I could have killed that guy and you were yeah. just you were just so cool and he's like I don't kill people anymore yeah <laughs> best line That's good. of all time um, she gives Norman like three pounds of fudge from her grandmother and uh, she's like Okay, well, I can't stay to talk. I've got to go take a sexy shower. Um, Where the hell did she get that fudge? Her grandma gave it to her. She's in town. She's like, she's with nowhere to go. I don't know. Her grandma sent it from Nome, Alaska. We have no idea, but there is a brick of fudge. Okay, she does, she does not have a grandmother sending her fudge no. at this place she's staying. So she went out and bought she three pounds of fudge? Like... It might even be more. I think of how much of like when that's you, a lot of fudge. Like uh, you think of like what like what is that? It's like a tray of brownies worth of fudge. That would probably be more like ten pounds yeah. of fudge. It's insanity. Why the amount did she of do fudge. That? <laughs> don't know. It's it, it's another one of those mysteries yeah. of of Psycho Two that will never People be. People have been wondering about the fudge forever. <laughs> it's like the armadillos in in uh, Dracula. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> Why does Todd Browning always have an armadillo in his movie? What is it, what is it saying to us? Um, okay, so she does go take a shower, and we get some nudity from Meg Tilly or a similar, similarly shaped body double, and uh, Norman watches through a peephole. Or is it? There, I, this bothers me. Why? Why is the hole there in the bathroom? Because that was the peephole that he had in the bathroom. He had a peephole in the bathroom. He, in the first movie, in the hotel. Uh, yes. I mean, not we, in his bathroom upstairs. Well, I mean, we in his own house. Where who would he be spying on then? His mom. I mean, I guess maybe. <laughs> I I don't know why he would, but I mean, this, this I think seemed, we're just to seems, assume that he has forced. them everywhere. I wouldn't think he would though. It seems forced, like. I, oh, well, the thing is because he's renting out rooms to girls, then he's spying on them. But in the sure. in the house, it's just going to be his mom. Like he's it's not entirely be... it's entirely possible that he doesn't know about this people. That's what I think. I mean, but I, I'm saying, why would anybody put the people in there? There then. <laughs> well, I mean, again, that was oh wait. It, it almost seems like it's a, and it, it doesn't that even doesn't make, make sense. Nothing makes sense to have this people in this bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because if that's his mother doing it, then that doesn't make sense. If it's his quote-unquote real mother. Yeah. Huh. Eh, I don't get it. Uh, Unless his mom was actually... She she taught Norman the fine art of peepholing. <laughs> do, do, hiding mean, the hole in the center of the flower. I mean, it's it's brilliant. Nobody's going to see that. <laughs> I mean, the, the answer is because the movie needed nudity. Or it needed uh, fan service callbacks to the I original... Mean, or a combination of the two. It yep. definitely like nudity was was for was foremost in their minds making a movie like this in the eighties. You have to have nudity, so they were like, okay, one, you know, you know, five seconds of full frontal nudity, and then we'll get it over. Not with. even five. It was like next two to seconds. nothing. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems like not enough nudity to warrant such a weird plot point. Like, and it's also when they could have easily yeah. shot shoehorned the nudity yeah. in in the basement if they wanted no. to. Or show somebody partying in the adult hotel. 
<laughs> that's true. That actually, that's where they should have. Yeah, that should have been where they shoehorned it in. Um, it's kind of like uh, you remember, like the hotel in Texas, Texas Chainsaw Two, where everybody's like running and partying through the hallways. Yes, like, I kind of wish like Norman's hotel was like this when he confronted Toomey. Like, what's going on at my hotel? Like, there's just topless women running on the boardwalk and a horse. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't see anything. We just heard like light voices. Only one room was rented, and he freaks out, being like, "This is a drug den." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But also the tone of this movie is such that it doesn't allow for for such frivolity. That's another thing that needs to be mentioned about this movie is that they do a really good job of towing the line between being an 80s style horror slasher Mm -hmm. and being a classy, well-made suspense mystery story. Yep. And it like more so than I think any movie I've ever seen. Like I think this is this is the perfect balance of those two elements where it never goes too far in either direction. You're never bored because it never turns into too much artsy, you know, pandering. Yep. It never turns into too much lowbrow pandering. It's like it just kind of it it walks a line perfectly for me. Yeah, like this I feel is that. this is one of my favorites. Like it really is. Um anyway, okay. Uh, after the peephole thing, uh, she goes downstairs to find Norman playing the piano to keep down his murderous sex urges. Um, and Norman examines his reflection in a mirror, and then a drunk Toomey shows up to collect his drugs and <laughs> nude lady ashtrays and swears at him and throws rocks at his house. Because he's a person that's killed seven people, you should probably you should ridicule really him. taunt him. <laughs> he's drunk, and also, you know... Uh, I mean, he doesn't really have a fucking cannon of an arm, and that house is, like, four miles away from where he is. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to hit you with it. <laughs> Throw some sand in the air. That rock goes, like... And he calls him Psycho here, though. He, he does de- he finally, does deliver the oh. titular line here. Whew. You know, it was it was a relief to finally... He's like, and you're a of- psycho, too! <laughs> <laughs> the new batch! Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. There's gonna be Bates Motel merchandising on everything, you <laughs> asshole. Um, okay, so yes, he does that. Um, Norman gets a call from someone impersonating Norman's mom, and at this point, he's still sane enough to be like, "Well, you're clearly some jerk. Uh, yep. my mom's dead. So, uh, bye." <laughs> and uh, and he just moves on with his life, which was. Or gets dressed up as his mom and goes kills Toomey. Or does no, he does not do that. Um, somebody does. Somebody does. Oh, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying it could lead exactly. you to think like it could easily lead you to believe that. Um, and then okay, so Toomey's packing his shit, and someone dressed as Norman's mom shows up and murders him. And this is a fascinating kill. I love oh, the it. Face slash. It's so good because, and I think it's accidentally good. Like, uh, this, I think, was them stumbling into something awesome. Mm -hmm. Because they overdid a face slash prosthetic that didn't need to be so complex. In doing so, they rendered Dennis Franz's face just fucking ghoulish. Like, it is shocking. Like, Mm -hmm. when you see his face, it is like, it's viscerally upsetting. Yep. Before he gets cut. Yeah. Like, whatever they did to his face, he looks monstrous. Yeah. 
and it's just like ah i wasn't expecting like a fucking ghoul and they're like no it's not really a ghoul it's just this is a thing that just happened and it's like ah <laughs> i think that is honestly the scariest moment of the whole movie is just his prosthetic it, every time yep. i watch this movie i'm like it shocks it's me nasty because yeah. he looks fucking horrifying yep um and you know whatever all it is, is like this little tiny face slash yeah and they went that it worked so hard and they did like full face <laughs> apparatus yeah. for that tiny little thing um so next day uh robert loja shows up and he's concerned that norman has quit his job but uh norman quite sensibly points out that he owns a fucking motel yeah, and he's i'm like, gonna feel like i'm better off working here he, as know? my own boss Monopoly teaches us that the best way to make money is to have a motel. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what I've learned. And so uh, there's a moment where Loja sees something moving upstairs and he's like, hey, I think I see your dead mom up there. <laughs> he's like, call back. Um, call back to the beginning of the movie when Norman says the same thing. Um, no, that's just my pal Mary. She's staying here. Oh, it's it's nothing it's not like that. <laughs> We're boning. She's yeah. totally into me. Um, uh, She's from Canada. <laughs> you wouldn't know her. So uh, her sister is really hot. Um, so Mary finds the people, and she's not stoked. No. Mostly because she's mad, because it's so lazy to not cover the people. She's like, come on, man. This is sloppy shit. Um, Loja gives Mary a ride to work, and... Uh, and, on, and after dropping her off, he goes to visit the sheriff. And Loja is, like, the most proactive character in a horror movie ever. It's another thing I like about this movie. It's not filled with idiots. Yep. Like, the, the plot manages to move past this concept. Like, as long as you're established that we've got Norman Bates, he's back into the world. Okay, that's one difficult thing to get over. After that, everybody's making the right decisions. They're mm -hmm. like hey, there's somebody, you know, making phone calls. Or Norman says that someone's calling. And it's like, oh, you're not going to assume that he went insane. You're going to assume there's a bunch of people fucking with him because he's a psycho killer yep. that, you know, is notorious. Um, okay, so the sheriff says, hey, could you... Or uh, Loja says, hey, can you uh, tap Norman's phone for me? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I can't do that. No. And he's like, but I will, I will agree to go check out Mary and whoever else might hate Norman enough to be fucking with him. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. It's not, it's not a huge leap of logic on the part of Loja. It's just a very smart person leap of logic to be like, okay, it feels like somebody's fucking with Norman. And now there's a new woman who's hanging out with him in spite of his reputation. Yep. This hot young woman is hanging out here. This Check is that out. probably not normal. Yeah. We need to probably look into this. And this is like the first of several really smart decisions by characters that you just don't see in horror movies. Um, so Norman's painting the hotel a horrible yellow color. I like it. Um, and somebody's dressed as his mom watching him from the house. And this gets Norman a wee bit interested. So he goes and investigates. And then we get the beginning of uh the it's not even abuse of dutch angles honestly these are some good fucking dutch angles a lot of people are like like they mimic the hitchcock dutch angle yep. and it's like it's not right like they don't do it right they just kind of cock the camera and this is a three-dimensional thing yeah that he does 
and it's like it's not a shot down a hallway with the camera sideways it's up the stairs to an angle mm-hmm. there's like there's a specific way that he does it that does make it feel claustrophobic 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 and <laughs> like and like you kind of have your offset and it's amazing there are three of them in this movie that are just god so good mm-hmm. so friggin' good um okay he climbs the stairs to the house uh, goes in to find his mother's door open. Her room has been cleaned and put back together with all of her clothes hung in the closet just as he remembers it from before. Uh, no, He's got a little note that says for Norman to get that slot out of the house or yep. I'll kill her. <laughs> and uh, Norman's like, aha, I've got to run to the attic. That's where, because that's where he saw her. Uh, there's lots of taxidermied birds, no mother. Uh, door slams shut and he locks locked Norman in the attic. In the attic. The camera cranes off the roof, and we go down in a single, big, long tracking crane shot. We so go cool. all the way down to the basement, and then in the basement window, it is like, it's so bold and awesome and just uh, so good. Yeah, we got so some good. kids going into <laughs> Norman's to house to bone. Literally I guess. smoke pot and have sex on a yep. dusty mattress. Yeah. Hell yeah. In the murder basement. Uh,. Name a better place to smoke weed and have sex. I dare you to find one. Um, and don't say the motel. God. Jeez. Don't break into one of the, the 10, 12 <laughs> empty rooms. Break into the house of the newly released mass murderer. Oh, have your kids not heard the news? <laughs> no, uh, no, no one in town has. No one has. in town has heard the news. <laughs> Uh, did this this house belong to someone famous? Weird. I don't know. It's like one of five think houses they'd be talking in town around the school. Like, talks. oh shit, man, we lost our bone house. Okay. <laughs> You'd think that this would be more of a. <laughs> I am disappointed because this feels like it should have been like uh like an initiation or something where they're like, not just two kids. I dare you to go in, yeah. there kind of thing. But whatever. Uh. If you're especially if you're like saying we're gonna have another sex scene or whatever, and then you don't have it, mm-hmm. it's like okay, well then just have two young boys go in there and be like, I dare you to go in, oh, dude. yeah, and then one of them gets killed, the other one gets away, whatever. It's yep. it accomplishes the same thing yep. and Agreed. and makes a little more sense than going and having sex in the murder house. Uh, a song by Covered in Bees, and so uh, speaking of which, thank you to Covered in Bees for the music that I always forget to thank. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, <clears throat> but <laughs> I love that the girl is about as interested in smoking pot and having sex as she is in a rotten potato she finds yeah. <laughs> in one of the baskets in the basement. She's like, to be fair, she is really stoned. <laughs> oh, that's she right. She passes on the joint. She's like, I've had enough. Oh, that's. Right, they were totally stoned when they yeah. went in there. Yeah. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay, she's getting distracted. <laughs> okay. Hold that. on, I want to look at this potato. Wow. This thing is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So they hear a noise, and they see someone dressed as Norman's mother. Uh, they, they book it out of there. The girl makes it out, but the boy sl- slips on a bunch of weirdly placed logs in front of yep. the window. And gets a butcher knife to the back. The girl watches him get stabbed as he puts his hand it's on the glass. Scene. Great scene. Uh, and uh, she runs away and goes straight to the police. And uh, 
there you go. Which would sure make it sound like everything's all over for Norman then. Sure would. Uh, and now, so Norman wakes up in the attic and Mary's at the door. And he's like, she's like, you're not locked in. There's no key in the lock. Mm. Which I think in my first viewing of this movie, I think that was the moment that I knew it was her. Uh-huh. I think that was the moment when she was like, "It's." it felt so weird for her to say that. And I was like, oh, shit, it's her. Yeah. I think that was the moment. I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I get it. Um, but yeah, it was so weird to say. Once you find if out. There's not a, if there's not a key in the door, then you can't be locked yeah. in. Once you find out it's her, it's really annoying how long she goes without spilling the beans. Because then you're just like, you're screaming at the TV <laughs> as a viewer. You know, like, you freaking tell him. <laughs> uh, but... Okay, absolutely. I definitely felt that, but I also there's also a bit of it where you're like, but would you? Like at that yeah. point you've you've been such a fucking monster. Oh yeah. You realize that you were like doing something monstrous to someone and that you But I'm gonna stop being monstrous now. And you're just like be okay, cool, right? <laughs> right. Well she knows that she's never gonna be cool. Yeah. So she's basically like, Okay, I guess I have to Make nah, up that for makes this. Sense, yeah. Like she's trying to make amends for what she's done, yep. uh, and you know, kind of can't. So yeah, I get it. Uh, okay, so uh, ba 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 The mother's room is now back to normal, which is like how <laughs> she spent worked... all day doing it. So he passes out upstairs, and she's quiet enough in completely renovating that room over the course of eight hours. In a completely creaky old house. <laughs> God, man, that is, yep. that is some undertaking. <laughs> but, hey, I'm going to believe that it happened. Unless it was a ghost, like Norman says later on. Maybe Norman's the only sane one and everyone else in this yeah. movie is a ghost. But she didn't clean up the basement, did she? No, that was that was uh, New Mom. Okay. So, because she says, no, I didn't clean up the basement. She's, okay. she's like, shovel bonk killed the kid. Yeah, shovel bonk. Okay. Yeah. New mom. Uh, real mom. <laughs> uh, which later retconned to not actually mom. Yep. Uh, in like part four or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think three even. Oh, okay. Um, We're just going to forget that little. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, just just to address that, I got to say. What else are you going to do? You're making a sequel to it. You got to, if you're going to fuck with any part of the mythos, it's the only part to mess with. So I kind of yep. get why they did it, but like, meh. It's also one of those things that you can't, it's, you can't just put that back in the bag. Like, no, like, you can't. Like Lori being Michael's sister. It's just like, uh, nope. no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy for the time, but you really fucked no, everything you up. You fucked now. everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the sheriff shows up at the door uh, and Meg Tilly says, don't say anything about the bedroom. Uh, clearly, she's having a change of heart about her part in this. This is her first moment of Where being. Where she covers like, for him too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Alibis him. Yep. And so she and she does. Yeah. So the everything's cleaned up in the fruit cellar. The sheriff tells her about Norman keeping her mom's cor- his mom's corpse in the cellar and blah blah blah. And she still is like down to clown, which is crazy. Like even after that, but I mean, I guess she knew all that. She yep. knew all of these facts begin with i want to know how Shovelbonk got all those broken jars of jelly off a dirt floor without leaving any kind of cleaning marks or, or stains or i don't know nothing she's, she's good yeah she's real good um oh do you think shovel bunk helped her clean up that room 
they're not in on it together. <laughs> Damn it. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... That'd be doubly as noisy. Yep. So the the girl whose boyfriend is murdered is sitting out in the sheriff's car, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lila Loomis shows up at the sheriff's and is screaming at him about why he hasn't drugged the swamp yet. She seems to know an awful mm. lot about where the buried bodies can be found, mm. but the sheriff's not going to be suspicious about that quite yet. Nope. Uh, although she is... In the defense of the sheriff, she was already his prime suspect. Like, he had her and her sister pegged yep. as the prime suspect in this and was just... Daughter. Or yep. daughter, yeah. Just waiting to, yep. to drop the hammer. Uh, so, Mary runs down to the hotel because <laughs> she wants to make sure that she gets whiskey for Norman because her special Irish coffee is going to clear it's, up his... Yeah. <laughs> When you got this, to, when you got this much trouble going on, just just drink. Known to clear up the the, the secret elixir for fixing mental illness, alcohol. Um, yeah, good, good, good stuff. She, I don't think she graduated from that uh, that psychology course. And I loved it too that she's like, uh, "Otumi was a big drinker. Maybe he left a bottle." No, he's a big drinker. He's taking all his boots <laughs> with him, girl. Are you kidding me? Uh. Oh, I can't believe I got fired. Clean up all my stuff. I guess I'll leave this big bottle of whiskey here for Norman. I Jerk. got fired. Maybe I need to re-examine my life. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe my drinking is part of the problem. You know what? I'm going to leave this behind. <laughs> this will be a reminder for everyone that mm. maybe drinking isn't the right thing to do. I'm going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we see him. He's got like Jesus tattoos all over him. <laughs> He's totally ripped and still alive. Uh, okay. So, uh, okay, uh, Mary runs down to the hotel to get the whiskey. Uh, it's just an excuse to get there and basically yep. meet her mom up. Meet her mom. That's where we find out that they're definitely in cahoots. Because yep. we find out that we didn't know that they were related until yep. this point. And so, yeah. So she's pissed off, obviously, that Mary gave Norman an alibi because the whole point was to put him back in jail. Uh, and Mary says that she knows he couldn't have killed any killed that boy because she locked him in the attic, mm -hmm. and she was busy returning the room back to Dumpy so that she he'd think he was crazy. Uh, and now we think that Mom might be taking things a little more seriously than she is, and potentially is murdering people over this stuff. So uh, now Mary's like, wait, maybe there was someone else in the house. She doesn't suspect her mom yet either because. Yep. She loves her mom and doesn't want to believe mm. it. Uh, she doesn't want to gaslight Norman anymore. And in fact, she's now trying to actively restore his sanity <laughs> with the power of her love, which is not going to work. Spoiler mm. alert. Um, so Norman is in the bathroom. The toilet starts barfing up blood. <laughs> then the tub. Mary runs in and she pulls a rag out of the toilet and throws it into the tub. Splat. Uh, Norman's like, this is clearly the, I must have cleaned up after I killed that boy and I tried to flush this down the toilet. That's why there's five gallons of blood here. <laughs> like, Norman, do you know how much blood fits into a tiny towel? It's not five gallons. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it. You're probably fine. It's probably something else. Yeah. I think there's something wrong with your pipes. Um, <laughs> you got blood routed into him. But also, the, <laughs> but the the other thing that's weird about it is that the implication is that 
that is how the mother, his fake mother, disposed of the body, and that that is the blood of the boy in the pipes. And that she flushed it all? Like, I don't, I mean, it it wasn't part of their gaslighting. Or maybe it was. I mean, they have, like, blood pills that yeah, they... Yeah, we never find out where the boy went, did we? Yeah. Weird, because she, she kills the mom eventually, and she buries her in the coal, but we yeah, never yeah. ever see the boy corpse. Yeah, we never see him. I mean, huh. I guess we're probably supposed to assume that she flushed him down the toilet. <sighs> I don't know. I, I admire the tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she has a stick to itiveness that uh, <laughs> the Bates family is known for. So, let's see. Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Mary sees an eye peeping through the peephole, and she darts around to the stairs to see that Norman is downstairs. Here's another part I, problem I have. Then Norman comes running upstairs, and they freak out, but, like, that eye she saw was just on the other side of the wall, in the bathroom. Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, you have that person cornered in the bathroom, but they don't even open that door. They're just right. like, where could they possibly be? <laughs> like, dude, they're... <laughs> They're they're in the room with the eyeball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do love the fact, it, even though it's super clear that that bathroom does not exist in this exact space. Yep. It was shot well enough that you felt that it was to the side of the staircase because when she runs around that corner, it's edited perfectly. So you're just like, oh, she knew that if she turned that corner, if that was Norman, he wouldn't have had a chance to get downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so she eliminates Norman as the person who could yep. be looking through the people. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, so at least that part of it I enjoyed. And so that turns out must have been that's new mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But why? why was, what the hell was new mom doing up there in the middle of the day when it's just them two? Like, I guess she was just going to the bathroom. <laughs> Why is she looking to the people? She's probably like, oh, they found my surprise that I left in the toilet. <laughs> a thing that she says a lot. Yeah. Uh, That's her catchphrase. <laughs> a horrible serial killer. I hate her. Um, so, okay. Uh, ba 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 Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got that. I'm going to throw this page away so that I don't keep cool. looking at it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mary grabs a tiny little Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Special, little tiny gun thing, whatever yep. it is, uh, out of her purse and uh, goes to investigate this potential extra person in the house. This has, like, awesome little fucking suspense bits in it. The The scare when she, like puts her eye up to the the hole in the other room mm-hmm. and then the person goes into the oh fucking genius yeah like perfect um mary then is like i'm gonna call the hotel room and i know my mom's not gonna be there and she calls she's not there she's like duh it's my mom in the house yep uh and so norman hears his mother calling so he runs upstairs to hide with mary Norman is worried that uh, that his mother is now actively attempting to murder Mary, and uh, clearly he's getting a bit crazier. He won't let Mary leave the room. And he's just going to stay up there all night and, and protect her. And yet with again, a knife. yeah, yet again, Mary's feeling super comfortable around Norman, even at this point, and she's like, "Okay, you just stay up here and hover over me with a knife all night." Yeah, that'll be great. I'm going to get into a flimsy tank top um, <laughs> and just and go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah. Please don't kill me. Um, 
But he's still she, over there with the knife, right? I mean, she does wake up with him literally hovering over her with the knife, and she's like, "Don't, nobody's gonna hurt me." Oh, Norman. stop it, silly! <laughs> uh, and she's, but she is clearly alarmed. She's, I think, I think that's just kind of her keeping the tone down to be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, don't worry, Norman." And she's eyeing the gun the whole time. She's like trying to get to the gun. Uh, but he's super fast and she's not going to do it. He, that dude is wiry. Um, so instead of that, she decides to hug the sweaty loon to her breast. And then we get the classic cheese sandwich dialogue. You smell like a delicious toasted cheese sandwiches. All I have left is the toasted cheese sandwiches. Um, Loja shows up in the kitchen and fucking accepts a hot beverage from Norman not a wise decision there uh, but he's Loja he's a brave man yeah. uh, he drops the bomb that the sister of one of the victims is in town and she thinks that he's Mary's mom and she's the one that's oh, she knows he's Mary's mom yeah, yeah tells him all this yeah right and now so now he has the whole lowdown on yep. all the shit that's going on uh, now Mary's on the hook with Norman and Norman has no reason to believe that she isn't still actively trying to fuck with him. Calls out her BS. Yep. Uh, She goes and talks to her mom and they have a big argument in the lobby of a hotel. And this was weird because I thought that it was going to, the whole point was that no one could hear what they were saying because the, the, the fucking, person with the vacuum cleaner came oh, through yep. like a real Hitchcock moment yeah where the person with the vacuum cleaner came through so we couldn't hear the we couldn't hear the dialogue and it was like and later but, on they're like and I heard everything <laughs> yeah yeah motherfucker why did that, we that desk boy's ears are on point well, apparently because <laughs> we didn't hear shit um okay so uh they exhume Norman's mom. This part was weird. And they, they're they all mumbling the whole time. You should have a coroner's order. should have this. Like, Yeah. What? 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 How did you do this so fast? You got four guys all together to dig up a coffin that you're not even was allowed this, to dig up? Was this taxpayer money? Did right? I pay for this? Did I pay for them to exhume it's a bud- corpse? It's, it's budget cuts for everything except <laughs> fucking Norman's everything. Like, Norman is costing the state millions of dollars yeah. at this point. There's, like, crews of workers just at his beck and call exactly. all the time for yeah. any of his whims. I feel like digging up a corpse. I feel like hey, just making sure my mom's still dead. Can we dig this up? Sure thing. And then later, he's like, I'd also like to make sure someone else is dead, I think. And it was like, okay, we'll dig that fucking thing up, too. Whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, okay. So, uh, back at Norman's, Mary's making stir-fry. And, uh, like, it's like the first real food that's ever been made in that house. She's got, like, actual rice, and it looks like real chicken in there. Crazy. Yum. Um, Norman tells her that Eloja told him all the stuff. And the phone rings before she can deny it or say a goddamn yep. thing. Norman's all cool at first, and... Well, here's where it starts getting to the confusing parts of the phone call. Yeah, then he totally starts buying that it's his mom. And they leave it so vague. Mm-hmm. They're like, they don't give us any shots of, like, her mom on the phone or new mom doing it. So We, we never hear a voice on the phone either, ever. Uh, so at this point, like right now, yep. it's possible that... I mean, the phone did ring, so somebody called. Oh, yeah, called. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they both heard it. Um, but it's possible that he was talking to a dial tone. 
after that point. Yeah. Entirely possible. But we also find out that we also see her mom making phone calls. So it's possible that she hung up just as the just as the daughter grabs the phone, whatever. Yep. Um, but now he is talking to a dial tone for a while. Mm. And it's it's spooky, you know. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mary tries does this trick where she gets on the upstairs phone and is like, Norman, this is your mother. Yeah. And I'm ordering you to put down the phone. <laughs> yes, mother. And so now it's like, uh, I feel bad for Norman. Yeah. At this point. Everyone in town is going to figure out this trick, and it's just going to be like, Norman, this is your mother. Rotate my tires. Fine, mother. I'll bring the car there around four. Norman, this is your mother. Clean out the gutters at the Joneses' place. Yes, mother. God, it's great to have Norman back, isn't it, guys? I love this shit. Um, Okay. So, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Norman's hanging out on the couch. He's like, don't worry. Everything's cool. Because I know that the person in the house was my real mother. <laughs> and Mary's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that wh- was us. We were fucking with you. There's yeah. no other person. Where did he get this vibe from? He just all of a sudden knew this new, that's adoptive mother. Like, okay. Which, which makes me question, was Shovelbonk oh, actually oh, on the phone yeah, yeah, telling th- her? Okay, that's that's what makes, that's Telling that's what him? Happened. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That, that, for, that phone call okay. that we were just talking yep. about. She probably, she called she told him this she's like i'm your real mother blah 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 and that's why he was saying oh mother okay thank you and then but his craziness kicked in after she hung up and he starts doing the doing the cuckoo he's just quick to accept such a crazy revelation (laughs) he's quick to accept that she's his mom when she dresses up like him she's quick like everybody dresses up like his mom and he's like okay (laughs) oh you're my mom now (laughs) you're my mom thanks (laughs) Norman, this is your mother. I need a kidney. <laughs> okay, mother. Um, so, uh, uh, right. Um, just before, like, Norman starts getting creepy, but he was about, he was about to, like, clearly make some moves on her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know why you're still hanging around. Yeah. It's like, because no, you want, it. you want a, you want a piece of, you want a piece of old Norman, huh? <laughs> Yeah. You went on the old norm train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> also, the other thing, he would have totally been married like seven times by now. He would have like six wives, all from being in the mental institution, if this was real. Because <laughs> like every psycho killer seems to have like oh, yeah. 15 women that marry him while he's in prison. That's only if anybody knows who he is, which obviously in this world, just, they don't. His, <laughs> his murders were just not <laughs> colorful enough. No. To make the news in the world that this takes place in, like dressing like a clown and eating people is like just commonplace. That's like that's like base <laughs> level. So his stuff is like, you know, not even noticeable to the, the average person. Yep. Maybe they live in Gotham City. <laughs> you, you, you just only read about it in a little tiny police log section of the newspaper. <laughs> That's yeah. It's just like in the blotter, and also Timmy, a man. <laughs> t- t- Timmy Smith was arrested for vandalism. Norman Bates was arrested for dressing up as his mother and killing a bunch of people in his hotel. <laughs> you know, and other stuff. Okay, um, let's see. Where are we? Getting lost a lot. So we go down to the swamp here. Um, 
the deputy's like, hey, Norman, would you like to come meet the sheriff down at the swamp? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Mrs. Loomis tries to call again, but sadly, Norman is gone and can't take the phone call. Uh, So she gets in her car and drives off, but it turns out Robert Loja's on the trail. (laughs) So he follows her car. Uh, Down at the swamp, the sheriff has found Toomey's suitcase, and uh, we get more of Mary asking about Norman's real mother, the sheriff telling her that he knows what she's up to. Uh, Mrs. Loomis daintily runs up the stairs to the Bates house, and Robert Loja is in hot pursuit. Uh, She goes into the basement through the bulkhead here. She pulls up a stone, retrieves her mob Bates outfit from a loose stone in the ground. So she has been in the house before. She has, yeah. For what? I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Or did What's-Her-Nuts hide that there and tell her mom that that was in the basement? Oh, she might have. Yeah, yeah. But she, she found that stone it. pretty fast. Like so she, did so did uh, so did Meg Tilly. Yeah, but I'm saying Meg Tilly might have hid that thing there originally. Right. But like, they both knew right where that costume yeah, was, unless they planted it there before he even got out. Like, Could be. They had a big plan going on. I mean, listen, the level of their plan, especially when it comes down to like doing up her room and all that stuff, yeah. and knowing like the terminology that she used when she was yelling about, <laughs> you know, it's. You know, I think there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so she... Also, the other thing I like is that it's clear that it's not for her. Like, that that outfit couldn't have been for her, because why the fucking wig? Her hair looks almost exactly like yeah. Norman Bates' mom anyway. It seems stupid to add but a wig to that. But I love that she that. grabs it and puts it on anyway. <laughs> it's like, and then I love that she gets iced by Norman's mother, because yeah. like I said... Everybody's got a Norman's mother costume. Just, yeah, there's so many of those. It's the costume of the year this year. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so, um, but this is a another big effect scene. So she gets stabbed oh, through the mouth. So good. It's super <laughs> gross and it's just super 80s and rubbery. And it's just like, hey, fun. let's just go to a fun slasher for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a and, cool effect and... And then we'll go back to our real movie, and and it is it's it's just yep. it's it's fun and eighties and dumb and I love it. Um, so Loja's done waiting on her, so he heads up to the house. He goes into the kitchen, but he's like, "Wait, I hear something in the basement." He heads down there. He finds the loose stone by stepping on it, um, but then doesn't do anything because Norman shows up just in time. Yep. And Norman's acting a little nutso and talking about his new real mother. We go back to the swamp where they winch Toomey's car out. They find his corpse in the trunk, which smells terrible. Or it might just have been that he smells terrible. Both. Uh, probably a combination. Uh, now Norman's playing piano and looking totally bonkers. Uh, phone rings. It's Robert Loja. He's telling Norman Bates that they're all fake calls, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he hangs up, and uh, now Norman is talking to his dead mother again. And this is the this is that scene where he's like, mother i don't want to kill her why yeah. would you why would you want me to do that that seems crazy <laughs> uh especially because she's so into me um so she's like oh uh exit stage left she's like fuck this so this is a thing that i find funny so this is a scene where meg tilly goes and runs and grabs the mother costume right because she, she yep. she's gonna counter program him yeah but yeah like, but he's she's already talking to his mother. Like I just feel like that would break him instead of like fixing it. Where just like, 
look at me. I'm your mother. If I'm right here, I can't be on the phone. Like, it's true. Uh, the, the the biggest flaw in their plan, as far as I can see it, is the fact that Norman has already killed his mother once. Mm-hmm. And so, assuming that he's never going to kill his mother a second time seems like a big leap of logic. <laughs> like, he seems like he would be totally willing to murder this woman a second time. Yeah. But they've got they've got the psychology down pat. They know what's going on. Um, so, uh, right. Mary goes upstairs. Um Dressed as Norman's mother. Right, that's right. We pan past the uh, the the corpse stuffed in the coal bin of yep. her mother. Yeah, we see that just as she's getting the outfit. Um, but then she picks up the phone trying to do that counteractive, yep. and then Loja just witnesses that as her being his mother making crazy calls and and <laughs> like, jumps out. Gotcha. Aha. <laughs> and then we go back to an eighty slasher again with a amazing knife stabby. Oh effect my god! Here. But this <laughs> this is the other thing. My issue with this whole thing is that everybody has a Norman Bates mom costume. Yes. That costume always has the knife. The knife was the addition that Norman Bates added to the costume. His mother never had a knife. So if you're trying to convince him that you're his mother... You don't need a knife. That I don't know why the knife came True. into it. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like her cost... I get that the murderer has the knife, sure. But the person pretending to be Norman <laughs> Bates' mom, the knife was Norman Bates. That was his yep. that, that was his thing. Interesting, I never thought of that. So she should have just been dressed like that, and then this all... But then we wouldn't have had this horrible thing that happens in every horror movie. The scream moment of, oops, I stabbed the wrong person. Yep. And then he goes head over heels over the banister, Fuck. lands on the knife on the middle banister, <laughs> sticking it through, then falls to the floor. It's great. It's so good. And it's like, it's one of and those. it's shocking. Yeah, it is. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what I expect to happen every time I see this movie. And every time I see this movie, I'm like, like oh my Whoa, God. Right. Yeah. Right. That thing happens. Ah. Wow. I don't like that. I mean, I loved it, but I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a scene that you like you expect to see in a lot of movies where yeah. it's like, how do you fall down without jabbing that knife even further mm. through you? Like, they got it right. This movie answers it. Yeah, he totally gets double stabbed. But okay, that's all that took. That's that was it. That stabbing was the thing that convinced Norman that Mary is 100% his mom. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, mom's a stabby person, so that's totally <laughs> it. He's like, don't worry, I'll cover it up just like I always do. And she's like, no, you won't. Stab, stab, stab. She keeps <laughs> stabbing at his hands. And the thing is, it's like fucking Norman is clearly being like, hey, no, it's cool. Yeah. We're good. You know, like everything's fine. I'll cover up your murder. Yep. And she's like, no. No, stay away. Stay oh, away. Oh, stab, oh, stab, cut, stab, cut, stab. Cut, cut, cut. And just like so many gross moments with the knife oh, and man, grabbing the blade. It's and, hard. Oh, oh, yeah. Lots of that eh. stuff. It's just some real, real gross knife moments. Mm. And uh, she keeps stabbing him. And then we get the, probably the worst effects shot of the hand when he holds it up. And it's like, dude, that looks like a black man's hand. That is, yeah. that is not like, how did you not see that? It's so dark. It's yeah. so dark. It's like, dude, eh. that does not look like Norman's hand. But just just airbrush it a little bit first. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's Damn. 
It's mm. not a big deal, but yeah, that that looked whack, but fine. I still like it. Yeah. Um. So. She just keeps non-fatally stabbing Norman until they finally get down to the fruit cellar. He's losing a ton of blood. And she sees her dead mother. And then she's like, you, you did do it. You did kill her. And so she's, she basically, he's fallen down from being, from lack of blood. And she's standing over him, double-handed, wielding the fucking knife, about to deal the killer blow to the back of his head or whatever. Yeah. And the cops arrive, and they go, oh, shit, and shoot her dead. Boom. And now Norman is completely off the hook. It's clear that all of these murders were these crazy people. Uh, and he's hanging out at the at the police station, all bandaged up and looking crazy as hell. But he's ready to be rehabilitated. Yep. Everything's fine. Uh, so, But then he goes home. Uh, he starts seeing weird shit. He goes to the basement, fixes the stone, shovels some coal into the furnace, and then his palms start bleeding because he's a Christ figure. Is that what that is? I thought it was just because his hands were all cut up. I mean, they are all cut up, but it's like in a movie when somebody has blood on their hands like that. It doesn't even make any sense of it. It's like a stigmata. No, he's not a fucking Christ figure. By no stretch of the imagination. I mean... Religion's never got brought up once in this. No, no, no. I mean, although he is... Obviously, he has been victimized, but yep. that, that is not what's going on there. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's that he has blood on his hands. That might be the visual metaphor we're supposed to. <laughs> I think it is to get from that. Uh, it's just that the fact that it comes from the center yep. felt very stigmata. Mm. Um, so he brings the coal shovel upstairs with him for tea, like like normal people do. He's like, listen, I need some company while I'm eating my toasted cheese sandwich. I'll bring Mister Shovel, yep. my best friend. <laughs> Um, there's a knock on the door. It's Mrs. Spool. She doesn't want a toasted cheese sandwich, but she will have some of his special tea. And Norman grabs his special tin of tea from behind the normal tin, and he's like, I'm going to make you some special tea. (laughs) Special tea. Yes. It's my specialty. So he starts brewing this tea, and then... He hands it to her, and she explains that she's his real mother and that she was in a mental institution. She also had her troubles and was insane. What? And then (laughs) she starts drinking the tea, the poisoned tea that will kill her. And so Norman grabs a shovel and smashes her fucking head in. What? (laughs) This whole scene is just a big what? I... I love it, but I uh, I love it, but I can't. I wrestle with it. It's just so. You changed the whole mythos of Norman. How is that not a you, comedy beat? You added another mom to Norman, so now he's yeah, got yeah. two moms. Like my two moms. Yeah. And her. And not only does he have two moms, his real mom was also crazy and locked up for being yep. a psycho. Uh, so it runs in the family, yep. I guess. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. And also, he's actually hurt. So. It's more complicated than that, too, because I think he's not actually... He's not only her... He's not only... No, he's her mother's sister. So he's his... He's the one that he thought was his mother. Yes, that's his aunt. Right. Okay, is actually his aunt. And so you can't just change all that yeah, movie. Yeah. In no. Something that big in two seconds, and then just bonk her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's so Every, everything about it is insane. But it's like everything. But it's about so it. enjoyable. This whole yeah, little yeah. scene. But then it, the more I think sure. about it, it's just like, but no, it's too preposterous. Like <laughs> number one, you're setting up this long thing that is has to be a comedy beat mm-hmm. of I'm poisoning this woman that I bonk her on the head with a shovel. I don't like that's nuts. Yep, hilarious. There's the fact that you've done this insane retcon to the entire series. That's a big deal too. Yep. Um, but the ending ending to me makes up for the the bad retcon because mm-hmm. I think that the whole thing where he drags her, drags upstairs, her upstairs, yeah, and it loops and it. It's, the cycle continues. puts her puts her in. The, she's like. No, I don't want to be. I want to be in my chair. Yep. And, oh, what does she say? Uh, I wrote it down. Now go open the hotel. What, what do you think we're going to live on? Hope? Hope? <laughs> oh, so fucking good. Man. Yeah. And she's scary as hell. Oh, like, yeah. Her, like, those moments are underutilized mm-hmm. because that ending is very scary. Like, the moment when the door closes they're gone from sight and we don't know what's going on. And we just hear her voice mm-hmm. in the other room talking to Norman yeah, great. and being super aggressive and evil sounding. And it's just, fuck, it's so good. It's so and then good. we get that fantastic end shot. Oh my God. <laughs> Beautiful. It's just Norman standing by the, I think it's, I think it's the poster image. Yeah. Uh, but it's just absolutely. And with his mother in the lit up window. Perfect. Like, yep. Uh, and fade to black. Just, God damn it, what a movie. Yeah. Like, it's... It's wild. It leaves me with some questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's The some... kills are great. There's some big questions. The peephole is never addressed. Sure. And when she looks to the peephole, uh, I read this in the trivia, it's actually her eyeball looking back. Like, they're... Oh, like, weird. So it's, you know, not saying that there's two of her. Right. But it's just like, so yeah, so why would anybody be doing that in the first place? Like, was it, did she imagine it? Was that? I mean, everybody's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole story is that everyone is this. And except I mean, except Robert Loja, except Robert Loja, the only the, the only voice of reason in this whole <laughs> thing. By the way, Robert Loja survives. We'll find out later. I'm sure he's fine. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I miss a post credit scene? Wouldn't that be great if the <laughs> ending was just him being like, just pulls the knife out and he's like, well. Time to go rehabilitate Norman again, or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't mean to do this. <sighs> sure, it was an oopsie poopsie. This one, <laughs> let's call a mulligan on this one and start from start over. Um, Got you a job at the local Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Norman, there's a local knife sharpener that needs an apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also a taxidermy service and, uh, and a shower repair company <laughs> I hope you don't mind working nights dun, dun, dun. yeah what a great movie yep. fuck it uh, so silly so awesome what a delight yeah, amazing music too amazing music amazing yep. everything I mean, Jerry Goldsmith yep. right Yep. yeah yep. fucking A I mean, I that's usually I usually think of that guy as a bit of a hack, um, but that's just because I'm a dick. Um, but he's, he's very good. He is very good. He's <laughs> and I. That's a that's a massive exaggeration to say that I think of him as a hack. I normally think of him as a, uh, as a like a working composer, like somebody who doesn't. 
he's never doing things that are like so far out that you're like, oh, wow, this is yeah. his signature. You're not like, that's a Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. You know, you never, you don't listen to it and know what it is immediately. Like an Elfman. I mean, that would be a real extreme where yeah. you know Danny Elfman because he writes the same song a thousand, like yeah. 5,000 times. <laughs> Every single song. I don't fucking care a little bit. And it's always good. It's the thing. It's always good when it's an Oingo Boingo yeah. song. It's always good when it's a score. It's fucking always good. So sue me. He's great. Yeah. Um, and Oingo Boingo is an awesome band. Uh, yeah. What a great movie. I, I really like it's always weird to do these things where it's just us talking about how cool shots are and how good the movie is. <laughs> it's the Chris Farley show effect. Like, it is. Remember that scene where mm. the guy did that thing? Pretty that, cool. was, that was awesome. That was really awesome. <laughs> but I mean, but it is. And I wanted to talk about it. It was at the end of my vacation. So I get to talk about a movie I really liked. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know. It's it. It's just it's funny that it's not considered more of a classic it really it bums me out and i haven't seen the other two movies in a very long time do I you want to do three next uh, i don't know maybe i'll take a break you know what i want to do what's that i want to do one of the amityville movies we did some we've done dollhouse didn't we do it's about time that's true we did yeah but like i want to do like amityville 2 okay i love that movie and it scared the shit out of me as All a right, kid let's do that next yeah, let's do Amityville too. You heard it here first. Kids. We'll do a bunch of a bunch of part twos. Yeah, let's do it. Only part two. Too fast. I mean, part two is always the best one. Usually, <laughs> it's. I mean, Child's Play, my book, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I love part two and Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare three is the best. I know, but I love part two. I like, love part two. I feel like it's unjustly hated. You know why it's you know why it's unjustly hated? I mean, there's there's the the gay panic part of it that mm-hmm. that makes it hated. But it's that one fucking scene at the pool party where he says that line that is like, what? <laughs> I think that's it. Like the fire bursts up. He's like in the real world. And he's like, you are all my children of Elm Street now. <laughs> what? What? what I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> I'm saying. Okay. So I've got a thing where I killed. You guys don't know because you're not from. Okay. So there was this whole. Uh, I'm going to. That would be a great <laughs> robot chicken. <laughs> Let me explain. Yeah the whole thing and then you'll get how why that is sinister and scary as hell and then just give me a mulligan <laughs> yeah, exactly. let me pop up and do it let again me, let me pop up do it one more time i'll i'll kill the flames and all that shit and i'll come back we'll do this um yeah no that movie that movie rules and it is and visually it's great too so yeah, many yeah. cool like the, oh. bu- the bus on the rocks cliffs and the that that is such and a freddy coming out of his so, chest and yep yep the the freddy coming out of his body is one of the one of the most visceral things of yeah. like until Hellraiser there was nothing that compared to that in yep. practical effects uh, and then Hellraiser came along and it was like oh this is gross yeah that's <laughs> yep. that's worse yep you did it <laughs> you won uh but yeah awesome cool we'll do that um yeah so i have bad news i had to cancel the screening of blood diner oh i didn't know that sorry uh we just had a bunch of dumb things come up and it's like literally because it's because it's uh new york comic-con that she's going to as well david has to be there for david has to be at new york comic-con i'm running the store by myself that whole week 
She's coming up. We didn't have transportation to get her here. She was like... Oh, is that my fault? No, that's not... Well, it's not your fault. It's my (laughs) fault. Um, She didn't want to take a train, and I was like, okay, yeah. But it was going to... Everything was going to be a fucking nightmare. Like, it was going to be a legitimate nightmare for me. So, And she was like, should we just reschedule before I I even, like, told her that things were complicated? And I was like, yes, please. Yes. (laughs) I was like, yes, please. (laughs) I would really like that. Uh, This is really getting difficult for me. So... Jackie's not going to be coming this time. Okay, well, my work will be happy because I was screwing everybody over to get those okay. days off, too. Because cool. Awesome. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't plan this with you. You just told me. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> Ugh, everything that came up before the vacation has been just like, uh, I didn't know where I was. I just I had just gotten through tourist season at the shop, which mm. is like two months of absolute hell. And then we have our vacation, and then my vacation got all fucked up, so... Yeah. It's been crazy. Things have been wackadoo, but uh, but yeah, it's for the best. We'll we'll get it done sometime. Uh, Promise. Yes. <laughs> you uh, heard that here. If I can, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not really my. It's not really my decision. So yeah. I can I can only promise on my end that mm. I will do what I can. Um, so that's it, and uh, we will see you next week with uh, Amityville 2. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.